When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Uh, today is Tuesday, but yesterday was Blue Monday. Believe it or not, there's a phenomenon called Blue Monday, and it is generally figured out by scientists who are much smarter than any of us here at the Tuesday People Podcast offices, that the third Monday in January is the most depressed day of the year. It's the bluest Monday of all Blue Mondays, and it just passed. So we're going to talk about dealing with depression and Blue Mondays and how Maury Schwartz saw it. Maury, of course, the Maury of Tuesdays with Maury, and you're listening to Tuesday People, the podcast, which was inspired by that book written now 26 years ago. I'm the author of the book, Mitch Album. Happy to have you here with us. Alongside is my friend and producer, Lisa Goich. Lisa, did you pass a Blue Monday? Um, well, I have to say today, uh, I'm not as blue as sometimes I am. So for today, as of today, I think that the guy is wrong who invented Blue Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but I see it that you... Work for you. Right. But I have to say, I know that people can't see you right now, but Mitch is wearing his blue shirt in honor of Blue Monday. That's right. Blue Monday. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Are you blue today? No, no, I'm not. I'm not really blue on any days. I, I'm not a uh, I'm not a, a depression person. I'm, I worry. I don't get depressed. I worry. And so, so there are days that I am more worried about things and more kind of anxious about things, but not depressed like Oh, nothing means anything. Nothing counts. Nothing. I don't get like that. Thank goodness. Uh, I've been blessed to generally avoid that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that things don't bother me. And more importantly, what difference does it make about me? This podcast is for you who are listening to us. And certainly depression is a huge, huge issue and phenomenon here in the United States. And it was something that Maury and I spoke about frequently during our visits while he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease and I would visit him every Tuesday. Now, you would think that someone who was dying from a terminal illness like that and such an awful one would be depressed all the time. That was not the case. Maury managed to avoid depression as a regular state of affairs because he studied it. He knew a lot about it. Even before having to deal with his own kind of personal horror. He knew about depression and learned a lot about it. I asked him in one of our early sessions about the depression experience that was going on. I remember this was 26 years ago. Here was his response. Therapy. 
what have you learned through this experience that you can say about towards that now about the whole problem of depression and why people are and it's greater than any individual it's a cultural phenomenon this culture does not treat people in such a way as to make them feel good about themselves you're always being judged and tested competed with, shown you're not good enough. Or so many people I talk to have the feeling they're not good enough and they can't be good enough. Mm -hmm. And so many people walk around with a meaningless life. Ah, uh, you know what? I am going to take this back to where we often take things on this show social media. I have a statistic here that says that this was from July of 2022. Antidepressant prescribing has increased by 35% in six years. Yeah. Wow. And think about that. What's come about in the past six years? Well, more and more comparisons. More social media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. As social media also becomes more uh, visual. You know, when Twitter first began, it was people commenting on other people through words. Yes. But now, what's the most popular thing? TikTok. Mm -hmm. Instagram, a close second. Twitter is way in the back. And that means photos. And photos mean how you look. And how you look means people comment on how you look. I just read this uh, uh, short little story I was reading just before we started the day about I guess there was some award show, either the Golden Globes or the People's Choice or something, where Selena Gomez, the young uh, actress, singer, was being shamed because she was a little heavy. Oh, jeez. And when she appeared at the, at, at the award show. And uh, she acknowledged it. She said, hey, the holidays are just over. I, I indulge myself, you know, and I'm a, a little larger than usual. She wasn't bothered by it. But all these people commented on it. And the fact that there's even a forum for people to do that is something that most people did not have to deal with in the history of humankind. Now we have to deal with it all the time. Yes. So you take what Maury said about, you know, the culture doesn't treat people in such a way to make them feel good about themselves. Um, now, that is so true. Feeling judged, feeling that the world doesn't value you, feeling that you're no good which is often based on comparing yourself to how other people do it. One of the yes. reasons, Lisa, that, you know, I didn't mean to be frivolous or flippant in any way when you said, do you get blue or do you get depressed? I think one of the reasons that I've been blessed to avoid that as a general state of affairs is that every month of my life for the last 13 years, I spend at least a week, if not longer, in a place where people have it so much worse than I do that be Haiti when I go for our orphanage, I see on an everyday basis, all of our workers, all of the people outside our gates, everybody. I mean, these are people who just literally don't have enough to eat, who have, who have boils on their neck or, or lumps on their head that you know are probably cancerous. And if you ask, have you gone anywhere to do anything about that? No, you know, I don't have money for a doctor. I don't, little phenomenon like you ask somebody how's their sister she died why why did she die i didn't know she was sick well she got sick and she died how long did that take well she got sick on a monday and then, he, then she died on friday 
no knowledge of why. There was no hospital. There was no doctors. When you hear this and you're surrounded by it, you don't have time to sort of feel sorry for yourself because you realize your troubles just sound very trivial by comparison. Well, that speaks to something that's very important. Concurrent with this Blue Monday thing, I just read a piece that said that the single biggest contributor to happiness as measured by a long, long study that went on for many, many years. Many people would think money. Many people would think status. Many people would think fame. Many people would think health, creature comforts, any of those things. By far, the thing that was across the board and across the world that made people the happiest and therefore the thing that is probably your biggest weapon against depression was relationships. Ah. Good relationships. Mm-hmm. People who had good relationships, good friends, good family, good coworker, these were the people who were the happiest. It had nothing to do with how much money they had, it had nothing to do with where they lived, how cold it was, what the scenery was, anything like that. Didn't even have to do with their health. Good relationships. And that that is very much on the opposite side of the teeter-totter of what you were talking about, about social media. Because social media is not real relationships. No. It's the opposite of good relationships. It's the worst part. You think you have a relationship with these people. You don't. They're judging you. They're commenting on you. They might be on your side today, and then they're on the opposite side tomorrow as soon as it's in their benefit to dump you in the river. <laughs> and it's a, not a real relationship. <laughs> Even if you think you have a friendship to, you know, jackhammer69 at, at AOL.com, it's not a real relationship. Yeah. And it can't be satisfying. It can't be satisfying that way. That's so you truth. have to, you have to first work on these relationships, work mm-hmm. on these relationships. As Maury said, That's a difficult thing. But he knew this early on. Listen. I think people are very mixed up. And anything that goes wrong will depress them because they don't have a solid foundation. So I think we're in a very chaotic time. And people are very insecure and very anxious. And it's easy to just go over the line. But when it comes to me, I'm saying I don't want to be that way. I'm saying that I'm very clear. I have a lot of loving relationships that keep me going. And, I, and I'm saying I still have something to contribute. So listen, here is a guy who's dying from Lou Gehrig's disease. He's he can't move. He needs to be carried from place to place. He can't do the things, simple things that he was able to do even just a year earlier. He can't go to the bathroom on his own. He can't feed himself on, on his own. He, he has difficulty swallowing. He can't hold the book and read it. He, he can't get himself dressed. And all these things are relatively he hasn't been living with them for decades. Just months. But what does he point to? To say that gets him out of that place, good relationships. 
He said it. Good relationships. Good relationships. That makes sense. I'm happier when I'm in a good place with my girlfriends than I am when I'm not. Like, I get very anxious when I feel like there's some sort of conflict or something, you know? The same goes with people you work with, you know? Mm -hmm. You work very closely. Many people spend more time with the people they work with than their families, you know, because we work so many hours. That's right. And if there is any sort of conflict with those people that are your work friends, um, I use that in quotes, um, then, you know, that can cause you to get a little bit blue. Absolutely right. And and those relationships, which, again, should be countered, work relationships should be countered by private relationships and familiar relationships. And, you know, people who have good relationships with their siblings instead of always at odds with them. People who have good relationships with their parents instead of saying, oh, my God, my mother's been calling me, you know, I'm avoiding her. I'm avoiding this one. People who have good relationship with friends and, and just don't have to say, well, we're on we're on the skids or I'm mad at her or him or, or that kind of thing. They, why why is that so important to fight depression? Well, I think it's pretty easy. Other people take you out of yourself. Ah, uh, yes. Your your biggest uh, enemy when it comes to depression is that it it's it's internal. It's like you have a helmet on and your thoughts can't go anywhere, so they keep hitting this helmet and then turning right back around again, back into your head. Yep. And if they're bad thoughts or worried thoughts or depressed thoughts, they just keep circling around and circling around. And no matter how many people say to you, think of the good things, think of the positive things, think of the other thing. Why is that doesn't work a lot of the time is because you have to use your own brain to do that. And right now your brain is in this lock. It's 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 like saying, look, all you got to do to get out of the mud with that car is get your wheels to get you out of that mud. And you say, well, yeah, I know, except right now my wheels are spinning in the mud, so I can't use the wheels to get out of the mud. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The very thing that could get me out is the thing that is being spun around and occupied. But someone comes along with another vehicle and a winch and attaches it to your car and pulls you out, and now what happens? You're fine right? You can get back on track. Well, what did it take? It took another people and a winch. Another person. Another right. person. And, and you know and what? Too, um, think about that with this 35% increase in six years uh, of antidepressants. Think about what happened in the past three years. COVID, isolation, people getting taken away from friends, um, not being able to spend time one-on-one with people. Zoom can only give you so much uh, you know, friend power. Um, but actually having meaningful meetups with people is important in our lives, you know? Absolutely. We'll be back with more Tuesday people right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
Now, people who listen to this podcast, or maybe someone just listening for the first time, says, well, it's easy to cite that Maury guy. Maury, he was somehow blaster. He didn't have to deal with the things that I had to deal with or whatever. Just so that we dispel that. Um, Maury was a depressive person earlier in his life. Listen to this when we were talking about his childhood. A good part of my early childhood has that quality of depressiveness and being constricted mm-hmm. and being unable really to do the kinds of things kids ordinarily want to do. It was a small living space as well. I That's mean, right. I had a brother too. Did you live in one room? or? I don't remember. It's very dim. Probably had two rooms back at the store. Mm-hmm. My brother was born when I was five. So from five on, there were four people hmm. in that space. He then goes on to talk about what he was like at school and had some depressive personality traits then as well. I did well in school, in grammar school. Then the depression hit me. I mean my personal depression. In adolescence, I was not a very good high school student because I was too depressed. And I was an insecure youngster. Very, uh, how should I put it, unsure of myself. Not quite knowing what other people thought of me, worrying about that. I remember whenever I used to go out with girlfriends, if I got to them a while, I'd always ask them, what do you think of me? Really? Yeah, really. That's, uh, that, <laughs> that's a recipe for not likely to uh, have a second date. What do you think of me? Yeah. Oh, but enough, bless his but heart. enough about me. What do you think about me? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's. That that breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I want to hug but, him. But you you can see, you know, that okay. Uh, here's somebody who had his bouts with depression. So how did he get over it? I mean, especially when he gets afflicted with with uh, ALS. How does he battle it? Well, I I asked him that point blank. Let me share that conversation with you. Do you feel ever feel depression? coming on you? Oh, physical. sure. Des- describe what it, how it, well, and what do you, and how you fight it when it does. Well, when these things start to go, like my arms, I can hardly use them now. I get depressed. And think, oh, who needs this too much? All my feet right now is painting a lot. Who needs it? And I start to get kind of out of it. But then I say, I know this is not going to last long, because I don't want it to. As long as I'm living, I want to live. Of course, depression is equivalent to death for me. If you're depressed, you're like dead. So I let it go for a day or two. Don't try to fight it too much. It goes away. How does it go away? It goes away because there are other things in my life besides depression. Like love, open-heartedness, 
compassion, thought, awareness, interest in life, things. So depression is only one small part of it. Why should it take over everything? When your life is full, it's a piece. If your life is kind of empty, then it could take a lot of space. That is a profound little analysis there. When your life is full, depression is a piece. So don't kid yourself that people who have full lives or happy lives don't have depressed moments. They do. They're not perfect. Nobody is. They have depressed moments. But when it's part of a larger life, you're able to put it in perspective and you're able to say, okay, that's depression. I know what that is. It's like a cold. When I get it, I know what it is, but it doesn't last. I know it's not going to last. If I always say the first person to get a cold on earth probably thought, this is it. I'm going to die, right? It, my nose is running. My eyes are watery. I have a headache. And this is just, death is taking me over, right? That person must have thought, this, I'm, I'm, look, I'm dripping from my nose. What is this stuff? You know, uh, uh, what we call a common cold, they must have thought was just the end. And yep. then they recovered. And a- as time passed and centuries passed, and millenniums passed, we've come to look at the fact that just because you get a runny nose or a sore throat, you don't panic about it, right? But why? Right. It's the same phenomenon that made our ancestors panic. But we don't panic about it. Why? Because we have an understanding that it's just part of existence and but that it comes and that better. it goes. And things, yeah. well, but things will get better, but it's also it's just a small part of the whole existence. It isn't, it isn't, doesn't mean that we are dying. So if we're able to put it into some kind of perspective, we're able to say, well, depression, I know what that feeling is. My stomach gets a certain way. My head gets, I get tired. I don't feel like doing it. That's depression. But if you're able to identify and say, okay, that's a phenomenon, a physical phenomenon, but it's just part of my life. I've got my friends. I've got my family. I've got my good workplace. I've got my animals. I've got my hobbies, my, my creative outlets, and they count just as much as the depression. If you're able to do that, then your depression will never get so large that it will dominate you, even if it isn't erased forever. Right. And it's important to note, though, there is situational depression, like what you're talking about, what we're talking about, and then there's chemical depression. So there are some people that need help chemically because their body chemicals can't um, regulate themselves. So, you know, those are kind of two separate things. Yeah. And, I, I, and, and we're not medical doctors and those that, that, that things that come literally from, uh, from insufficiencies of a particular, uh, vitamin or, or mineral hormone. In your, in your bloodstream or hormone or whatever that's beyond our scope, but yes. there is the depression, um, that is half situational and half just kind of the way that people kind of choose to live that is not based on chemical things, but it's based on outlook and is based on how they kind of choose to view the world and what they do or don't do. Yes. To try to get better. Yes, for sure. Because yeah. The, and like we said, those are the things where comparison, comparison and stuff takes place. And I mean, think about it back in the days, like when, you know, we were growing up and our mom's what did our parents have to compare to people in your church, people at your temple, people, it, you know, everybody in your neighborhood pretty much lived the same way you did because you were in the same neighborhood. So those people you knew all had the same kind of house, the same kind of car relatively, you know? Um, but 
you didn't have this bigger outside thing unless you bought magazines and you got to see right. how, you know, Engelbert Humperdinck was living. <laughs> right. <don't> no. <laughs> well, you're just talking about a envy, really. Depression yes. based but on people can, comparison the, to other people. But, but these I, I think, days that causes depression in people. Yes, it does. Because there's so much of it. Right. But I think even people with small, smaller lives, for want of a better explanation, you know, people who aren't reading the magazines or aren't comparing themselves to movie stars or, or don't watch television and get, get to still get depressed, still get yes. very depressed. They get depressed about their own particular situation. They get depressed about how small it is or, or how bleak it seems or now their future doesn't seem very bright. The relationship that they have with this, the key person in their life is just not good. So clearly a way out of this is other relationships and other relationships with people and relationships with, with uh, other things, with nature, with animals, with work, with creativity. You have relationships with those things. And you can say, okay, I've got other relationships to do with. So, so that your relationship with depression, which becomes sort of this dominant thing, the same way that like a bad marriage or a bad boyfriend or girlfriend just dominates your life and every phone call is about it and every minute seems to be spent thinking about it and all that. Same thing can happen if you have a relationship with depression. You know, basically you're in a bad a bad romance with depression. You need to get out of it by having more people in your life. Yeah. More varied people in your life. And, Truth. You know, and 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 I admire Maury for not falling into that. And you're right, this is a little tougher, but you know, he can be inspiring this way. Someone who had a terminal illness and yet was able to sort of say, I am not going to let all my days be blue, more blue Mondays as a result of this. Listen to how he kind of took a stand. What am I going to do? Am I going to withdraw into depression, anger, bitterness, resentment, rage at the world? Say, you did this to me, to hell with you. I won't have anything to do with you. Or, I say, I've got here too. Who knows how long to live? I'm going to make use of it. I'm going to do something with the rest of my life, and I'm going to remain composed. And I have that defined in my aphorisms. I'm going to be dignified. I'm going to be high-spirited, I'm going to be humorous, I'm going to be brave, I'm going to be related to people, I'm going to be loving. So that's a, a conscious decision that Maury made facing maybe a two-year stint left on Earth. Okay, I'm going to do something with the rest of my life. I'm going to remain composed. I'm going to be dignified. I'm going to be high-spirited. I'm going to be humorous going to be brave. I'm going to be related to people. I'm going to be loving. These are things you need other people to do. To relate to other people, you have to have them. To be loving, you need to other people in your lives. If you are those things, you will probably skirt around depression when it rears its ugly head. Yep. Because you need to have those things as a weapon to fight against them. But they are weapons. They are. There are things that you can do to battle against depression. And we've That's given, right. given some of them to you here. But the most important thing, relationships. 
relationships. That's not just how you fight depression. It's how you find happiness. Good relationships with people. So think about that as you're saying, well, what can I do to fight my depression? Well, one of the things is examine the relationships going on in your life and see if they're all where they ought to be. Because sometimes you can carry around in your head the fact that a relationship is not great. And it can depress you. Like you said, Lisa, I want to be good with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, well, if something that one of them said made it indicate that you weren't or you weren't as good a friend, that might stick in your craw for a long time. Oh, yes. It might depress you. Yes. So the way out of it, the way out is through loving and caring relationships with other people. And I think because Maury had so much of that, he found the way out. And Amen. he wasn't depressed. Yeah. So hopefully that's how you uh, can deal with Blue Monday, the way Fats Domino did. Yeah. And uh, hopefully there's uh, some help there as to how to deal with that phenomenon. The third Monday in January, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I believe that or not. The third Monday in January is more depressed than, say, the fourth Tuesday in January or the second Wednesday in, uh, in April. April's never particularly good, so I don't know. We'll see. Anyhow, uh, mark this down and see if you can learn something from it and battle against depression. It's a very, very valuable, timely lesson, particularly this time of year, particularly if you're in cold climates where it's dark at 4 o'clock, like it is here. I know, it's horrible. And not where Lisa is in Southern California. Oh, no, it gets dark here early. I mean, the other day I slept. I was so tired. I slept. It goes until... down to sixty-five too. <laughs> Sometimes Mitch thirty-nine. Um, I slept until like two o'clock because I was so tired. Maybe depressed, but I was a little tired. And uh, all of a sudden, two hours later, it was dark already. And I'm like, "Geez, there went wow. a whole day. Yeah. It's horrible." Huh. I can't like wait that, for like that for... Eagles song. I set my sights on Sunday. And I got my uh, self undressed. I, so da- I got so damn depressed. Damn depressed. That I set my sights on Monday, and I got myself undressed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I, That's I always it. remember that. It's like, okay, gotta get up, gotta get up. Eh, no, I'm not. I'm just, no, I'm not. Let's let's do it tomorrow. Yeah. I'll get so, I'll get dressed tomorrow. Try to be braver and have a better day. And remember, it's already Tuesday, so Blue Monday's over. And uh, hopefully, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are all better for you. We will see you again soon. Check out wetuesdaypeople.com on the web for all information about this podcast. On behalf of Lisa Goich, I am Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, We're Tuesday people.